In our gospel reading this morning, we heard how Peter denied even knowing Jesus. Most of us are well familiar with that account, and therefore we know that a large part of what led Peter to that sin was pride. That pride that caused Peter to trust in his own strength, that pride that caused him to stand up and say, I will never betray you, Lord, even if everybody else does, I never will. After Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus turned, we read, and looked at Peter. And when Peter saw Jesus, he remembered what he had said and what Jesus had said, and he was ashamed of himself. He learned humility. Now, this seems to be a lesson that Peter learned well and never forgot. The events of Monday Thursday took place around 30 AD. Our epistle reading, which is our sermon text this morning, was probably written around 65 AD. That's 35 years. 35 years later, and yet everything that Peter writes in our epistle reading tonight sure seems like it's Peter's memory. It's Peter's response to what he did that night. It's Peter teaching us the lesson that he learned that night so that we might learn humility through his words, through scripture, the easy way rather than the hard way of, of having to go through it ourselves. Peter calls us to return to humility before the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 6-10 Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So far the word of the Lord. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God in order that he may exalt you in due time. Pride isn't always a bad thing, and humility isn't always a good thing. It depends very much on the object of the pride and the object of the humility, doesn't it? When we have pride in ourselves and in our own strength, the way that Peter did on that Monday, Thursday so long ago, when we stand up and say, I can do it, I'm strong enough, well, that is a pride that is going to fail us. It's going to be broken. But when we have pride in Christ, in his strength, in his word, that's a pride that will not fail. That mighty hand of God that Peter is, is talking about here. Peter was ashamed of Christ on that night. He didn't want to be associated with him. Peter was not always ashamed of Christ. Just a little bit before this, he was very proud of Christ. He was willing to stand up and pull out his sword and fight. He was very proud of Christ when Christ was the great prophet, when Christ was the, the mighty miracle worker. But now, when Christ is in chains, when Christ is beaten, when Christ is led before the, the Sanhedrin and Pilate as a lamb led to its slaughter, when Christ appears weak, now Peter appears to be 
ashamed to know him or to be named among him. He, it's easy for us to be, to be proud and to want to be associated with things that seem strong. Everyone's a Packer fan when the Packers are doing well, right? But when they can't win a single game, all of a sudden there's not so many Packer fans around, right? Only the true Packer fans. It's easy to be associated with something that looks good and strong. It's not uh, in our sinful nature to want to associate with those things that look weak. And Jesus indeed and did did indeed look weak that night. But here we have uh, Peter's writing so many years later, and he talks about this, this mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. The Greek word here that gets translated mighty is very interesting because there's lots of words in the Greek, just like there are in English for strength, for power, for energy, uh, for might. But this one is a little unique in the Greek because most of them, most of the Greek words implies an active power, implies a strength that is seen, a strength that is doing something, a, a hand that is being powerful. But this one, this one is a might which is inherent. A might which is there, whether it's acting or not. And so Peter seems to have very purposely chosen this word for the hand of God, perhaps thinking of that very night, and reminding us that even when Christ looks weak, even when, from our perspective, he's not doing mighty things, he's still the mighty hand of God. He is still strong. Jesus wasn't weak, even though he appeared to be. He didn't lose his power, but he accepted what they were doing to him that night, right? And so many times in our own lives as well, that mighty hand of God might appear like weakness in this world, but no matter what it looks like, Peter wants to remind us it is the mighty hand. It is strong. And it's better to be humble under that mighty hand of God than to be proud, strong, on top of the, the strength of men. Peter, Paul reminds us of that, right? It's better to glory in the weakness of the cross than in the strength of men. And that's exactly that lesson that Peter learned that night. He was ashamed of Jesus because he looked weak, but he learned later just how strong that hand of God was and how much better it is to humble ourselves to trust in that hand of God. And wait, he says. Right? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Wait for his time. The hand of God may appear weak, it may appear as though God's not doing anything for a little while, but that hand will act in his time. Moses waited 80 years, 40 years as a shepherd in the wilderness before the Lord brought him forth and delivered the people of Israel through him, right? Abraham waited 100 years until the Lord finally gave him that son that had been promised to him. And Lazarus, remember Lazarus? Lazarus waited even to the point of death. All of these, and so many more, 
waited far past the point in which many of us would give up and would say, no, the Lord's not coming to help. I have to do something myself. I have to step in in my own strength and my own pride and do something. But all of them, even Lazarus who waited unto death, saw that mighty hand of God exalt, save, bring forth his salvation. Peter was ashamed of a Jesus who was being led in chains But even when Jesus was allowing everyone to walk all over him, as we might say, he was not weak. He was still strong. And it's better for us to be humble under that mighty hand of God than to be strong in ourselves. Peter continues, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You know, at first glance, these two verses, uh, verse 6 and verse 7, might seem like different thoughts. It might seem like uh, Peter's just saying one thing and now he's moving on to another subject saying something else. But that's actually not the case at all. He's still talking about that humility which places our trust in Jesus and not in ourselves. These two verses actually go together very well. The Greek word here for that, that's translated cast you might also be translated uh, pile, as in <clears throat> there's a pile of dirty dishes in the kitchen, right? Or as in pile all your luggage on, on the truck or, or on the, the donkey. And that's a, very much the idea here. Uh, the word is, being, is often used for piling luggage on, on a, a mule, on a donkey, and that's uh, the, the image that's being used here as well. Jesus is saying, pile your baggage, pile your cares, your problems on me. How many of us would like it if everyone dumped all their work, all their problems on us? If we were the ones who always had to do all all the dishes, all the housework, you know, everything around the house, we wouldn't like that very much. If we were the ones that had to carry the load and we're all hiking up a mountain, but for some reason everyone says, okay, you have to you have to haul all the luggage for all of us. Even if we're strong enough to do it, we wouldn't really like it that everyone's putting all of their work, all of their load on us. That would be a humbling thing. And it's a very humbling thing for Christ to take this, to do this for us. But he gladly humbles himself, as we read elsewhere in Scripture, uh, for our sakes and accepts this position. He, he wants to be the mule on which we dump all of our sins and all of our problems. He's happy to do that for us. It's a, it's a, a humble thing for Jesus to do for us, but it's a, hum, it's a humbling of ourselves to accept it, right? We humble ourselves and place our confidence, our trust in Christ. We don't uh, stand in our pride like the, like the ideological American cowboy, right? Uh, the loner who is strong enough, he can do anything himself, he doesn't need anybody else. Uh, We like to think of ourselves sometimes that way, but it's just not true. We need help. And in humility, we need to recognize that and put our trust in that mighty hand of God. Place our cares upon him, as Peter says here, because he cares for us. He's very much willing to be that, that mule, that donkey, carrying our burdens carrying our sins, and he calls on us to to return to that humility to trust him and place our problems upon him. Verses 8 and 9. 
And be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And you see, once again, how closely tied together our sermon text is with what happened to Peter that night. Your adversary roams about like a, a lion, seeking whom he may attack, how, how, who he may devour. Peter experienced that firsthand that night. He knows firsthand how quick Satan is to pounce when we start trusting in our own strength. The best way... Peter reminds us the best way to resist that temptation of Satan is to stand firm in the faith, steadfast in the faith. When we trust Christ, we are safe from Satan. Imagine if you uh, go watching sharks in the ocean in one of those steel cages. You guys all seen that in movies, right? You're in one of those steel cages and all the sharks are swimming around all around you. Maybe they're even a little mad and bumping into the cave. Now what's your attitude going to be to that, that steel cage that's keeping you safe? If you trust the cage, if, you're, if you know for certain that that steel is strong and well-made and it's going to hold up then you don't have to worry. You can sit back, you can relax, you can enjoy the experience, enjoy the show, right? If you have doubts about that cage, well, you're still going to be safe. The cage is going to keep you safe whether you believe it's going to or not, right? It's still going to be strong, it's steel. But if you have doubts about it, you're not going to have such a good time. You can't enjoy it because you're too worried the whole time. You just want to get out of there, right? But now if you really have doubts, if you really don't trust that cage at all, if you're convinced it's going to give way and the sharks are going to be able to eat you all up, now is when you're going to do something really foolish and decide that you've got to open the cage and get out of there before the cage breaks. And then, of course, you're very easy prey for the sharks. And that's exactly what uh, Peter is reminding us here. When we trust Christ and put our faith in him, knowing that he knows what he's doing, even when he appears weak, right? Even when he's being led away in chains, uh, or even when he appears weak in our own life, like, God, why aren't you helping me out? Why aren't you doing anything? If we trust him, then put our cares upon him, then we can sit back and relax and enjoy the show. But if we decide that Christ isn't listening, that he's not there, that he's not going to help us, that's when we do things in a foolish way. That's when we try and escape from the cage. That's when we stand up like Peter and decide that we can handle it ourselves. And then we're easy prey for the sharks or the lions, whichever metaphor you want to use. Who among us is going to be able to wrestle a lion to the ground? I don't think there's anyone here who could. I'm not sure there's anyone in the world who could. There's some people that are a lot stronger than I am, but enough strength to, to wrestle a, a lion in the the prime of his life to the ground, I doubt it. When we trust in our own strength, we're not going to survive uh, against Satan. But when we trust in Jesus, that mighty hand that cares for us, he can guard us and keep us, str and keep us safe. Humble in ourselves, in our strength, finding our pride and glory in Christ. Uh, continuing verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, 
after you have suffered a little while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So Peter is looking back on that night again, and he knows how he failed, how he was easy prey for uh, the sharks, for, for the lion, for Satan. But he also is remembering how not too long afterwards, Jesus came to him, right? And in his guilt, in his sin, Jesus spoke to him those words of, of love and comfort and forgiveness. Jesus came and found him and restored him and strengthened him and, and perfected him, just as he's, he's talking about here. And so Peter reminds us that we can be confident also in Christ. When, when we fail because we put our trust in ourselves or in one another instead of putting our trust in Christ, well, the God of all grace, that is the God of all love, uh, the God who loves us irregardless of how much we messed up, uh, may he come to you as he came to Peter, he says, and restore you with that word of peace, that word of comfort. And therefore we, we do not uh, pride in ourselves and our own strength. Uh, we, we are humble in ourselves, but we take pride in Christ and in his cross, even when it looks weak knowing that whatever his hand looks, whatever it might appear to us, it's that, that mighty hand of God. As Paul reminds us, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And again, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's better to be proud in Christ's weakness than to glory in man's strength. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.